Welcome to War Room, the official podcast of the U.S. Army War College Online Journal, graciously supported by the Army War College Foundation. Please join the conversation at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. We hope you enjoy the program. You could subscribe to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast, at iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite download service, and never miss the great content we offer. Hello, and welcome to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast. I'm Jacqueline Witt, Professor of Strategy and the War Room podcast editor here at the U.S. Army War College. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. Today we're going to continue our look at air power theory and to bring our timeline of the Great Strategist series into the mid-20th century uh, by talking about John Boyd, who bequeathed us the idea of the OODA loop, uh, which you may have heard of before. Uh, Certainly if you're a Marine, you know this well. So I have in the studio today Dr. Clay Chun, who is the department chair of the Department of Distance Education in the School of Strategic Land Power. Clay is a retired Air Force officer, holds a PhD in public policy analysis, and has written extensively about air power theory. So Clay, thanks for joining us today here at the War Room. Thanks again, Jackie, for having me. All right, so we're going to talk today about John Boyd, who is uh, both loved and hated and reviled and admired by different people, Um, but he may be familiar to lots of different uh, listeners for different reasons. Uh, But let's start with a little bit of background about who John Boyd is and how he comes to sort of develop an interest in war and strategy and and theory. I think Colonel John Boyd would like to be remembered as a fighter fighter first. First. Um, Certainly John Boyd, uh, he he never really wrote anything, but he was famous for uh, marathon briefings that he would give at the Pentagon. He was considered a maverick in the sense that uh, he never would take no for an answer. He would go out and he would, would try to affect change. So whether, whether it was on acquisition programs or um, policy questions, he was very direct and he, he wanted to, to create a way to systematically think and act in rapidly changing environments. And what we had from that reaction was his OODA loop. Now, let me also uh, caveat this because John Boyd never really wrote about the OODA loop, but it's a collection of, of what he said and what he briefed upon that people were able to put this together to look at, at what the OODA loop was. Yeah, and this is, this is actually sort of important because most of the time on this uh, series, we're talking about texts and we're talking about things that people read and encounter sort of in the written word. And for Boyd, that's just not how you encounter Boyd. You encounter Boyd through slide decks uh, and, and through these through these briefings. And, and your, your opinion and your conjecture about what he really meant. But before we, we really get into the OODA loop, maybe we should define what the OODA loop is. Yeah, no, I think that is a helpful helpful place to start. So when we say the OODA loop, what, what the, let, let's define what OODA is. Um, it stands for observe, orient, decide, and act. And as, it, it, as we mentioned, it's a loop. So it's not a, a one, two, three, four, and we're done with the process. Throughout these, these steps, observe, orient, decide, and act, there's always a feedback loop. And I'll talk about that in a little bit more uh, uh, specifically as we go on with the program. But think about 
or one way to, to kind of uh, categorize this OODA loop, it's, it's a way that, that you, it's a part learning system and it's a part of a decision-making system, especially with dealing with uncertainty. So again, let's think about uh, Colonel Warden's background. He was a fighter pilot and he was used to uh, winning head-to-head -head conflicts with another aircraft. So he, if you put it in, in that perspective, he's, he's operating in a high-performance jet, and he's trying to, to shoot down the enemy aircraft. So he's thinking about a way to, how do I characterize a systematic way to think and decide? And hence, he came up with some, some of these ideas that, that again, we, we interpret as the OODA loop. So when... Can you give us a little bit of uh, more context about when Boyd is writing? So it's the mid, is it the 1950s? He, he started in the 1950s, but he really started briefing in the 60s and 70s. Okay. And then he became a contractor, and, but he continued on with, with, with uh, these ideas. And ultimately, he worked for, for the Department of Defense as a civilian. Okay, so we do, we, and do we see the evolution of his ideas? Does, does the OODA loop, um, as Boyd briefs it, change over, over time? Does it develop as he goes on? Yes. He, he brought this as an idea of how, how to think about it in, in terms of, of fighting in a tactical situation. But as, as he started to develop at the Pentagon, thinking about maybe this is this is how we, we should look at warfare, for example. Now, some have characterized the OODA loop as a strategy. I don't know if we, we want to do that, that necessarily. But it, it's, again, I, I think the best way to think about it, and, and how if you look at, at Boyd's briefings, he starts off with about the nature of war. He then uh, advances to how we should think about war, uh, in terms of how we could we could win in conflict, so that provided him the emphasis to, gee, maybe I can I can tie these things together, looking at the OODA loop and and uh, I'll just say this, again, when we think about the OODA loop, we think about him fighting one on one. It's just you and the opponent, and you're in constant motion. So that 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 provides some ideas of well. We can't really predict what the enemy is going to do, but maybe what we can do is we can put him in a condition where that enemy might be either confused or do certain things that, that we've set the conditions for him or her to do that would be beneficial to us. So in other words, you adjust the environment. So the, again, the OODA loop kind of represents how, in, in his opinion, how humans or organizations learn, grow, and survive. Well, because we can't rely on, on knowing perfectly what that, that opponent is going to do, we're going to shape that battleground for them by, by trying to use, to outthink, out outdecide, outact that individual and give them, maybe uh, uh, box them in, make some kind of constraints for them to operate it under. Okay, so can we walk? Can we walk through the sort of four letters: the observe, orient, decide, and act? We certainly can. And, and let, let, again, let's start with observe. Well, what does that mean? Okay, so 
if we were looking at, 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 at uh, a situation, certainly you're gathering information. You're gathering information, situations. You're getting some sort of, of, of uh, outside signal. Sometimes it's incomplete information. Sometimes it's too much information. Sometimes there's noise in the system, but somehow you're going to, to receive uh, that outside information or those unfolding circumstances or whatever the environment's giving you. That, that's the basis of some sort of input that you're going to receive. So in, in the sort of parlance of design, I think we might call this scanning the environment, looking at, again, observing what's happening. Correct. And correct me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but we've got two players, right? It's a binary sort of system, and both of them are udaing at the same that is, time. That is also correct. Right? You, you're observing, orienting, designing, and acting, and your enemy is doing the same. But it's just the question of how fast are you doing this? Okay, all right. So we're we're both observing. Everybody's watching what's going on in the environment, and then t- tell us more about the orient. Okay, when, when you're orienting yourself, think of orienting as, as the, the, the objective of this is to analyze those observations of that information. So how does that affect you? Certainly the culture that you're in, perhaps the traditions, maybe your past experiences, and for military members, maybe it's doctrine or your education. So your senior service college education might, might affect how you, you think about things. Uh, some, some have characterized this as mental models that shape how the OODA loop really works. So you make or you adjust your positions based on, on this background and the information that you have. Uh, now, again, remember that, that this, is, this is constantly changing and you're always, you never stop orienting in the system. So you're, you're constructing new ideas and you're, you're throwing out ideas. Uh, hopefully that, that'll give you some, some way to, to kind of shape maybe a course of action. Well, this could be where you're putting things into a framework or thinking about things in a systematic way or using theories and concepts to shape, again, how you're, how you're approaching the environment that you've observed. Yes, cer- certainly that's so, Jackie, that, that, that that's one way to kind of think about, about how that, that you, you put this all to make, make sense of the information that, that you receive. Okay, so what's, what's next? You now decide. You, you, think, you feed forward this information, and you're going to have to make uh, some sort of decision on that course of action, or you come up with a hypothesis of, of what you think is going to happen. Uh, this will be based all on, on those orientation uh, phase. So when I said that this is always a, a feedback, and I would get back to this later, well, think about this. You, you make a decision, and then you, you might say, hey, look, uh, I've, I've got, I, I, I've made uh, a choice here. Maybe I need more information. So it'll go back to observation, and, and maybe I'll look for specific types of information before I make that final action. And that would then, again, feed those new, those new observations, now feedback to orientation so you get updated so that you, you can now adjust and say, well, the initial decision was good, however... Maybe I need to, to, to modify it a little right. bit. And your decisions can produce more information, m- new information. So it's, in my mind, it's almost like a fractal sort of pattern where, where each decision is yielding new information and new um, 
new decisions that have to be made from there. Yes. And so with that then, uh, hopefully you're going to test this hypothesis by using the last act, uh, uh, phase, act. I'm going to act upon this. And again, it, uh, that action that you're going to have is certainly going to affect the environment that you're going to have. So either in, in the case of John Boyd, I fire a missile, or, or in the case if, if, you, if you really think this is a strategy, I'm going to act out, make some, some policy decision, and that's going to affect an, uh, an opponent's reaction to that policy uh, decision. So that you make, you make your move, and then we do this over and over and yes. over again. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a, in some respects, a, a thought process, and, and, but with feedback. So it's this continuous process. Uh, if, if you can, and the assumption is that if you can move faster than your opponent, then maybe you could, you could either you're going to eliminate that person or make whatever actions that they're going to do obsolete. So is this, is this what people mean when they say to get inside someone's OODA loop? Yes, to either affect it or, or in, in our case, uh, you want to do a faster OODA loop and make that, that opponent very confused. Confusion That's how, and how, disruption. That's how you can, how you can uh, get into their OODA loop. Okay. So does, does Boyd's OODA loop depend on rationality to work? Does all of this have to be rationally considered like when we, when we talk about hypothesis testing and things like and information and, and analysis, uh, it it seems to rely on a basis of rationality. But I'm not sure. If well, that's well true. Y- you would think about this is a rational actor model. Okay. So how you you do this? It's again, it's a step by step. How do you, how do you do this? And and because of that, again, we look at at John Boyd's background as a fighter pilot. It, it's a step by step. Mm-hmm. How do I remember? I said that that we 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 can't rely on knowing exactly what that enemy is going to do, that sure. opponent's going to do. So you're trying to put this into some kind of reasonable way to to act in, in precisely and get the results that you wish to get. So do we have examples of when people have? said tried to use John Boyd's modeling or have said that that this is a useful uh, tool for them in thinking about war and strategy? Well, we, we can use it, look at some, some recent examples and see if, if th- does this make sense. When, when Russia went into the Ukraine, was that an, an OODA loop? They, they, they were much faster in their reaction to, they observed what happened in the Ukraine they they oriented themselves in saying, well, gee, this used to be part of, in the Crimea, part of Russia. They decided to act. Then they acted much faster. So when, when the Ukrainian government reacted to this, they were too slow. And so, uh, again, the Russian government was able to do, do much faster and mm-hmm. created confusion among the Ukrainian uh, government and also other Western nations that they could not react fast enough, and they, there was some confusion. By that time, fait accompli, the Russians now have the uh, the, Uc- uh, the Crimean uh, sure. naval bases. And it seems, in some ways, to be even more complicated when you start adding in other actors, right? So the U.S. is also responding. Uh, other international actors, NATO, uh, Russia's neighbors, are all looking at this and. I, I imagine doing some sort of analysis to decide what they're going to do Correct. as well. 
Well, another example could be ISIS. ISIS in, in early in, in Syria was able, because they're a single actor, to work much faster, mm-hmm. m- react much greater uh, in impact, vice uh, relying on a coalition, whether it's the United States, Russia, or, or other countries, trying to figure out how do I, I defeat ISIS. Sure. So what are some of then the, um, potent, again, challenges or pitfalls that we might have when we're looking at the OODA loop and Boyd's uh, ideas? Certainly one can think about, okay, so if we're using the OODA loop and we're acting along, does one get lost in, in, in the actions that you just had? So in other words, you skip memory. You, it becomes lost. You just act and, 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 and react based on the actions that you've, you've taken. So mm-hmm. you don't care about what happened in, in previous or, or other concerns because maybe as you start working this, you start getting lost in, in whether it's your orientation or your observations. Now you're focused now on certain information. So again, think of, of fighting, flying that fighter plane. You're, you're, you're going along, and now all you care about is that fighter plane. You don't, don't worry about whether there's enemy bombers or there's enemy air defense. All you care about is this, this you focus in on, on this, this like two-player game of this thing that's right in front of you. Exactly. And, and in some cases, I think you hit the nose on the head. Uh, on the head. Uh, it's just a, a, I'm, it's a, a zero-sum, I win, you lose. Mm-hmm. So is there any way to cooperate on this? No, there, there's no way to, because it's just I'm just going to go out. I'm going to win. So how how this works with uh, uh, your opponent, we're assuming, again, almost like a rational system that your opponent is going to act this way, a certain way. They're going to react to you. What happens if your opponent doesn't work that way? Mm-hmm. What or if does they slow something it down? unexpected Okay, so my, one might, might argue and say that, that during the Vietnam War, the North Vietnamese did, did not react to certain ways. They slowed down. So you may do all you want, but it didn't matter because they mm-hmm. weren't going to uh, act the way that you, want, you thought they did yeah. when at. They're operating on different sort of time horizons and different really philosophical sort of underpinnings about what it means to win. Correct. So uh, one, ha- again, has to be a little careful about, about how, and, and I guess it, it all deals with that orientation and that observation. Mm-hmm. What are we looking at? What are we trying to do? And in fact, you don't want to, in some, some cases with the OODA loop, uh, we're, we're assuming you're working on the right problem. What if you're working on the wrong problem? Right. So you could have a couple of different dangers, right? So that you're working on the wrong problem set or that your OODA loop sort of becomes closed and you're just acting and deciding and acting and deciding. And, and so this never ending loop. And a never, and a never ending loop. And there's, there's, and then to the other point about a, being a zero sum gamer cooperation, you know, where are the off ramps, where are the ways that you get out of this action reaction orientation uh, model with your adversary? That that's, that's totally correct. Uh, Sometimes you, you, you think about the OODA loop, what are the consequences of your action? They're never set in here. It's just, I'm going to win. I'm going to act. Mm-hmm. So it, in, in some respects, is it just win? 
Because remember that this is this is uh, a, a fighter pilot's view of how, of that right. particular tactical situation. That's why I mentioned that some say it's a strategy. Perhaps it's not. It's a way to think about about uh, a system. Okay. So I think this has been one of the one of the critiques is that when you try to scale Boyd up from the tactical to the strategic, we run into some of these of these challenges that you've I think laid out really clearly for us. Uh, and so for strategists, we have to be mindful but but very careful when using uh, the OODA loop and what Boyd is sort of putting forward. Sure. Uh, again, think about this. When you make these actions, are they all linked? Mm-hmm. Or are they just separate? So you want to, again, kind of think about this uh, uh, when, you, when you do, especially with military actions, because they, they have profound conf- uh, consequences. That that you 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 do not just act and react. There should be some sort of central thesis or objective or goal that you're trying to accomplish. And so I think that sounds like the best advice for strategists who are interested in Boyd and Boyd's ideas uh, is to think about the bigger picture, to think about the linkages, and to think about um, the ways in which the OODA loop either works or doesn't work at the strategic level. With those, with those ideas, Jackie, certainly, and, and that's why I think John Boyd is still relevant to today, but w- with, with, with any type of military theory or, or idea, uh, one has to apply it correctly to that particular situation. Great. So thanks, Clay, for sitting down with us and talking about uh, John Boyd today. It's been a pleasure, and we're going to sign off from War Room. And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening. The views expressed in this podcast reflect those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views, policies, or positions of the U.S. Army or the Department of Defense. Let us know what you think. Provide us your feedback, comments, or suggestions through our webpage at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. And have a great day.